Hey, welcome to the What Every Woman Wants podcast with me, Shelley Booth. In this podcast, I'm going to keep it real and bring you authentic interviews that every woman will want to hear. I can't wait to discuss things like business and finance, health and fitness, beauty, mindset, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. You know that the microbiome is like a sickening brain, and if your microbiome is not, uh, let's say, healthy, just for the sake of keeping it simple, then it could affect your wider health in terms of uh, your psychology, your mindset, depression, mood, anxiety, fatigue, fibromyalgia, itises, bursitis, tendinitis, arthritis, the list goes on and on and on. So everything stems from your gut and your brain and your gut speak to each other constantly. So that's just a little recap. We also went over uh, the cleanse supplement, which is going to be hugely beneficial for you. Um, but tonight we're going to be talking about boot up. Now this is uh, one a day because it's 2000 IUs, international units. But so many of you may have problems. You may have leaky gut like we talked about last night. You may have autoimmune. And if you do, 2000 IUs might not even cut it. There are some studies out there that say take 10,000 IUs if you've got various uh, problems. But you need to talk to your doctor and uh, a 25 hydroxy test, the baseline test, would be brilliant if you could do that. Um, you can get home testing kits, uh, but you can also ask your doctor or your uh, if you attend a clinic, talk to them about vitamin D tests to get your baseline. It's always great. Food first. Absolutely food first. And that's what I advocate. That's why our meal plans are so good. Um, but there are things that we can't get from food. And our soils are being stripped. And the topsoil is so depleted now that it's very, very hard to get trace, mineral, trace minerals and the magnesium and the potassium and everything that we need as human beings from food. And 7 to 10 cups of green leafy vegetables per day. Do you have time for that every day? I know you don't, because sometimes I don't either. So supplements are really important as well to supplement what we don't get from food. So that's the first thing. Right, I want to talk very briefly about inflammation. Uh, if you're uh, a really regular, you know all about inflammation. But think about this, right? So you cut yourself or you, you fall over and you twist your knee. And what happens is, let's take the cut. You, it goes really inflamed, it might even be bleeding, it's really inflamed, it's itchy, um, eventually it does scab over, um, but at the time it's hot, it's bloody, it could be pussy, it could become infected, uh, and that is inflammation. Now, you know there is inflammation because you could see it, but the stuff that you can't see is cellular inflammation, but exactly the same thing happens. And what happens is your cells become torn, and they're called cellular lesions or tears, and when that happens, you get uh, your body's own natural defences is to send cholesterol, to send protein, and to send some calcium. That's why a calcium score is a, a really good, reliable indicator of heart attack risk or heart or, or um, yeah heart attack risk because the calcium in the artery is very very important for you to know. And if you've got massive amounts of inflammation and cellular tears, then generally speaking, your uh, arteries are going to become narrowed. And I know all about this because I've, I've read so much about it. I've talked to so many clients. I've done, obviously, GP referral schemes where I've helped GPs rehabilitate people that have had heart attacks and strokes, actually. But personally speaking, my dad had atherosclerosis, which is a narrowing of the arteries. So I know 
the ins and outs of all of it. And my dad wasn't fat, he wasn't overweight, but he was a drinker. He did eat vegetable oils every single day of his life. And he was a smoker also. So what was happening was my dad's arteries were getting narrower and narrower. There was massive chronic amounts of inflammation in there. Uh, he couldn't see it. His body didn't look inflamed. Um, but it was to the point that he eventually had a... He was diagnosed with atherosclerosis, which is a narrowing of the artery. So in his arteries would have been built up of cholesterol, not because of good fats, by the way. Good fat will not cause heart attack, will not cause stroke. There is no cardiovascular risk when you eat good fats, contrary to what you think. You just think fat is fat. But there are bad fats and there are really great fats. So, yes, narrowing of the arteries. So there was cholesterol in there, there was uh, protein and calcium in there. And it was like a little bandage. So your body shuttles all three of these and it mends the cell. But you can see that it's narrowed already. And over years and years and years of chronic inflammation and alcohol drinking and vegetable oils, canola oil, cottonseed oil, um, soybean oil, very, very inflammatory, horrendous for your health. And smoking, add smoking into that because smoking destroys collagen formation or it stops collagen formation. So generally speaking, it's just a, a really poor case of lifestyle choices as far as my dad goes but many of you are maybe like that maybe you were eating vegetable oils every time you cooked you used vegetable oils maybe you were a regular drinker maybe you're a smoker maybe you're eating all the processed foods so generally i would say your microbiome and your gut health will be very very poor but that's not to say that you can't improve it because you absolutely can so that's inflammation you can't see it but it's definitely there and inflammation is the root cause of all of the health problems that you hear about fibromyalgia, asthma, diabetes. But diabetes is kicked off with a blood sugar problem. But we're going to get to all that. But all the, the ailments that we've spoken about already, it's all massive amounts of inflammation. The second thing is oxidational covering of the night, but it's very important just because we've got so much to get through. So you know that food affects mood, don't you? Teachers and parents, and if you've got children in your lives, I need you to really tune into this and really, you know, if, if we are to be the ultimate role models, we teach our kids maths, we teach our kids literacy, and, well, maths, numeracy, and we try and teach them what's right from wrong. But actually, when it comes down to food, we're going so wrong and we are selling them short. These poor bairns have got to watch us eating all of the shit of the day and they learn from us and they take it into their lives and they wonder why they eventually in turn develop new health conditions. They're overweight children. They're children with ADHD. Behavioural problems. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. We have to take responsibility of this and everything that I'm talking about here applies to your children too. It really does. So I find to say... Don't swear, don't do this, don't do that. Actually, you sit down with a, a pile of processed shit on your plate and you go, there you go, and you put it down to the kids and they're learning from you every single day. So that's right then, because my mum thinks that's healthy. And in fact, so many people think they've got a healthy diet. These kids think they've got a healthy diet. It's a shame. And it has to stop. And the only people that could stop that is you. So, leaky gut. Leaky gut is essentially scurvy of the colon. It's a vitamin C deficiency. Vitamin C is responsible for collagen formation. And if you're vitamin C deficient, 
then you, you can't form collagen. And what happens is the gut starts to split. So here's these bonds here, let's say, in your colon. Uh, and if you have a vitamin C deficiency added into that, you're eating processed food, you're drinking alcohol, you're eating all the shit of the day, you're stressed. We'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, and you're doing everything wrong, basically, because there is a right and a wrong way. People say there's not a wrong way, there actually is. So what happens is these, these tight junctions start to split. And I've got it written here because I always forget. Uh, they're usually between one and seven microns of a gap. But in a vitamin C deficiency in the colon, they're between 200 and 300 microns. So already you could see that anything can get through that gap. Proteins, uh, bacterial cells, fungus, and things that we don't want in our bloodstream is going to get in there, isn't it? And that essentially is leaky gut. And it is a vitamin C deficiency. Now, you might be eating vitamin C. You might be taking a vitamin C supplement. But most of the time, that's ascorbic acid. So ascorbic acid uh, is just the, the outside, if you like, of the, the vitamin C complex. When you take vitamin C, usually it's just the outside shell, which is just the ascorbic acid that you get. So you're not getting the four different components, which are the P factors, which are bioflavonoids, which are amazing for um, promoting good bacteria in your uh, in your gut. The J factor, which is um, anti-pneumonial or anti-pneumonia, it oxygenates, if you like, copper and vitamin K. So you're not getting any of these properties. You're only getting the ascorbic acid, which essentially is why you're becoming vitamin C deficient. So you have to get good quality vitamin C food first, uh, and not taking these daft fizzies that fizz up in the water and generally speaking as ascorbic acid. So scurvy of the colon sounds really scary, doesn't it? Here's what you will get if you have a vitamin C deficiency. Food allergies, food sensitivities, an autoimmune response or immune responses because these junctions, remember, are, are uh, separated uh, and your, your immune system's thinking, what the hell's going on here? You're, you're attacking me. But it's actually just coming from the food that's not being processed, like gluten, like other proteins. We talked about wheat. Um, we're not, you know, an, a wild boar or an onyx or something. We don't have all these bellies to, to digest all of this or to digest wheat. And so the peptides cross that um, barrier and they attack the immune system. So the main thing that we're looking for in that complex is the P factor. You'll find the P factor in parsley, green tea, citrus, and all of the cruciferous vegetables. So if you can uh, squeeze uh, citrus into your drinks, obviously remember and drink it with a straw for the acid in it, but it's very, very good for you. How to increase friendly bacteria in the gut? Please listen, I'm going to rattle through these. Feed them fibre. You need to keep, this is why this is not keto. It's, it's a combination, if you like, of sort of keto and paleo. This is what my meal plans are. Uh, and the main difference really is how you get your protein. You know, keto um, would be animals in the main and paleo, a lot of plant-based. But this is a complete mixture and the variety is huge. So we've got lots and lots of different vegetables. I have many adults who have come to me and say, I don't eat veg. Now, how are you supposed to cultivate good, healthy gut bacteria when you don't eat vegetables? Because the, the bacteria, the good bacteria, feed on the fibre and the vegetables. So if you, or you eat the same sort of vegetables as a lot of people do on keto, same, same old, same old. 
one, you get bored of that, but two, you're just constantly feeding the, the same bacteria. So there's no diversity of bacteria in there. And we want nice, healthy, diverse bacteria. So the fibre, uh, fasting. When you eat too regularly, you feed the, the, the bacteria, but you feed a lot of the bad ones. So breakfast, mid-morning snack, lunch, mid-afternoon snack, tea, like your evening meal, your supper, and all the sugary beverages in between. When you fast, it's like there's a wee, a wee guy that comes out and sweeps the colon. When you fast, we can allow that to happen. Digestive break, if you like. Polyphenols and uh, phytonutrients, which we'll get on to in a minute. Different types of veg, rotate them. Fermentation, so fermented uh, vegetables like sauerkraut and pickles uh, are, are very, very good for feeding the good bacteria in the gut. So when you consider, right, okay, so if I've got good, friendly bacteria, people who have or take laxatives or have eating disorders, bulimia, for example, and uh, are constantly being sick, uh, or they're going to the toilet, they're losing and they're stripping all of the bacteria, and mostly the good, out of the gut. And that creates lots of lots of spin-offs, and it's not a good situation, as you know. So... What will decrease the diversity of the good bacteria though? Sugar, you know that. The bad bacteria thrive and live on sugar. GMO and in particular glyphosate. Glyphosate is the chemical that's sprayed onto wheat and oats, for example. And it's not only carcinogenic, but it's been shown to be antibacterial. So it's like um, taking a, an antibiotic and that will kill off all the good bacteria in your gut. So that's glyphosate. Eating too frequently, obviously antibiotics. Artificial sweeteners are horrendous for your gut. Alcohol and also stress. Stress will trigger an autoimmune response a lot of the time. Stress will, obviously your brain is talking to your gut all the time. If you're stressed and your cortisol is high, your gut's going to find out and it's going to be overstimulated and a lot of the time it will cultivate the bad bacteria. And if you've got leaky gut at the same time and you're stressed, well, you're going to have an immune reaction and you're not going to feel very well, are you? But you don't know, you don't think it's stress. You just think it's, I don't know what you think it is, but you never ever link it back to that stressful event. So the main takeaway in this so far is the vitamin C. These uh, supplements that you might be taking with vitamin C in them is mainly ascorbic acid, it does not have the P factor in it, and that is what you need. That's that's the, the, the main part. That's the important part. The bioflavonoids. Nobody's told you that before, though, have they? There's another few things. Have you heard of protein pump inhibitors? And that's like like acid blockers. Now, if you take, take antacids for you think you've got too much acid in your stomach, and you take some in, he, in the UK, we call them Rennies, um, they cultivate very good... Uh, bad bacteria in the gut and kill off the good. They also change the pH of the stomach, which promotes the bad bacteria as well. So if you are a person that take if you've got always got Rennie's, our Jill Shaw used to do that until I said, you know, apple cider vinegar, we have a supplement just for that. It's an amazing product um, with uh, a blend of other things in it as well. Once you take an antacid, sometimes and most of the time, it's not because your stomach is too acid, it's because it's not acid enough. So when you start taking apple cider vinegar, the acetic acid in it acidifies the stomach and your reflux goes away. But it has to be over a number of days. The differences that you'll feel are amazing, but you cannot take uh, apple cider vinegar if you have ulcers. 
antidepressants will cultivate poor bacteria. So the next thing I'm going to show you is just a little clip on how food affects mood. It's all fine listening to me and you think, okay, well, fine. Shelley Booth knows her stuff. But actually, when you hear doctors talking about it, you think instantly it's more credible, which is fine, I get that. So Lewis Howes, he's talking to... Mark Hyman's talking to him, and I want you to listen to it for just, like, three, four minutes. Okay, please. whole department, for example, at uh, Harvard of nutritional psychiatry. There's a whole hmm. department at Stanford of metabolic psychiatry. I've had both of them on my podcast, The Doctor's Pharmacy. The doctors from those institutions are talking about the role of food and, and the brain in the mood. And we see depression, anxiety, irritability, stress. It turns out that when you eat the American diet, or otherwise known as the SAD diet, the standard American <laughs> diet, that, that people uh, are damaging their brains in ways that create inflammation in the brain. And we now know that mental illness often is an inflamed brain. You know, when you hmm. cut yourself and you get an infection, it's red and hot and sore and inflamed. If you sprain your ankle, it's sore. If you get a sore throat, it's sore and red. When your brain is inflamed, it doesn't hurt. The only way your nose, brain knows how to say ouch is by getting depressed or anxious or angry or irritable or having even more serious consequences. And so the food that we're eating, predominantly this sugar and starch and processed ingredients, additives, the lack of good fats, the predominance of bad fats and refined oils, the nutrient depletion of our diet. I mean, 95% of us are deficient probably in omega-3 fats. Uh, you know, 90 plus percent of Americans are deficient in one or more nutrients at the minimum level to prevent deficiency, which mm. all play a role in the mood like folate, magnesium is incredible for anxiety, iron, Zinc, all these, vitamin D, all these play a role in the brain function. I mean, you hear about winter blues, you know, that's because of lack of vitamin D. So we know about this intimate connection between food and mood and uh, nutritional status and mood. And, and the clinical trials have been really staggering, showing that people who eat a whole foods diet and get rid of the junk actually can get rid of depression. Uh, I see panic attacks, anxiety disorders often caused by the food we're eating. Just an example, when you eat sugar or starch, your cortisol level goes up, which is the stress hormone. Your adrenaline goes up. So if you eat a bagel or a cookie, your body literally has the same reaction as if you're running from a saber-toothed tiger. Wow. <laughs> and, and, that, and that can create anxiety. Internally create, with the insulin internally. spike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could be totally fine and calm and take five deep breaths before your meal, but if you eat all that crap, your brain is going to feel it. Your, your body's going to feel it. So what, hap what happens to the brain when, the, when you're eating a bagel or an ice cream cone or whatever it is, and it goes into your gut, does it send signals to your brain, and then it starts to, uh, you know, what does that do? Is it inflaming in that moment? Does it take time to inflame something? Yeah. So, so there's a whole cascade of things that happens when you eat mostly the starch and sugar that's 60% of our diet, right? It's ultra-processed food. Mm -hmm. It's the main ingredients of corn and flour and sugar that are in everything. And, and what happens is you get this spike in blood sugar, which then creates a spike in insulin. At the same time, you get an immediate spike in cortisol and adrenaline. That's the first phase of response. Of course, it affects your liver and screws up your cholesterol and all that. But what happens next is even more concerning. It, it drives all the available fuel in your bloodstream from all the food you've eaten, sugar and starch and whatever bad fats, it drives it into your fat cells. And it's a one-way street into your fat cells called your adipocytes around your belly, those belly fat cells. Those fat cells, in turn, create a whole series of chemicals, like hundreds of chemicals, hormones, inflammatory marker, 
markers and messengers, neurotransmitters. It's, it's quite striking when you look at, they're not just like holding up your pants, it's fat there. It's like, it's actually doing stuff. And when you eat in that way, it drives hunger, it stores fat, it shuts down your metabolism and it slows, literally slows your metabolism. And even worse, it locks the fat cells so that fat can't get out. Oh. It's like a one-way turnstile, only can get in. And then on top of that, it releases all these inflammatory messenger molecules. We call them adipocytokines that go to your brain and they create inflammation in the brain. So it's a kind of a downstream effect over chronic eating this way. If you have one cookie or one bagel, it's not going to kill you, right? right? But if you're constantly eating this stuff, and we're talking about the average American eats a pound, almost, of flour and sugar a day. Wow. A pound. Like 152 pounds of sugar and 133 pounds of flour. You add that up and it's... And I know I'm not that eating that much and you aren't. So a lot of people are making up for the difference. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so food affects your mood for sure. So I don't think I need to, to convince you any more than I already have done. But it's, it's good to hear about a, a, a specialist in the industry who is, has got a massive global following. It's good to hear. Uh, and I enjoy it too. So please, please, you have to pay attention. You have to... Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not just making this stuff up. Tips. Stop eating sugar and starch. Don't. Starch is broken down into sugar. Sugar is sugar. And the bad bacteria feed on that. They love it. They just they thrive on it. Um, this is for good gut bacteria. Grain elimination, rice elimination, oats and corn. In fact, high fructose corn syrup, corn of anything, corn of any sort, please do not eat it. Uh, the GMO and the glyphosate, obviously you know what that does, it's antibacterial and it's full of starch as well. Uh, avoid uh, vegetable oils, seed oils, canola oil, soybean oil, avoid them. They're very, very inflammatory and the omega-6 and the omega-3 ratio is tipped in the favour of omega-6, which is very, very inflammatory. Omega-3 is not great. Omega-6, when it's tipped too high, it should be a 1 to 1-ish ratio. Right now, it's 33 to 1 in favour of omega-6, which is why we're in a right old pickle with regards to obesity, diabetes, let's call it that. Uh, diabetes type 2 and all the rest of the health problems associated with obesity and uh, poor lifestyle. Processed foods, avoid them. Colouring, preservatives, anything that preserves something, when you see preservatives on a label, is preserving that thing, that thing, whatever it is, that piece of bread, and it's stopping the bacteria. It's doing the same thing in the colon and it will destroy your good bacteria and promote the bad. Um, alcohol, again, that's a preservative. So please do not. It has an antibiotic effect. So when it hits your colon, it kills off good bacteria. Um, once in a while is fine, obviously. I'm not saying never drink again. Um, and there'll be times when you have a sandwich. You might be on a flight going to wherever, the other side of the world. Or, you know, There'll be times when you have things, but when it's a regular occurrence and your diet is not good. Uh, medications, especially antibiotics. But if you need antibiotics for a, a certain health issue that you've got, then obviously you need to take that. But don't take it for any longer than you need to. Which is why doctors are really quite good at saying, you know, you don't need an antibiotic. And you say, oh, but please. And the doctor says, no, you're not getting an antibiotic because you don't need one. Um, so I hope that's useful. I find it fascinating. In fact, I would love to probably do another degree in microbiome 
specifically gut health. I would love to, so I'm looking at that at the moment. Anyway, this is Boot Up. Stroke of genius. It's all stroke of genius, isn't it? But Boot Up, oh my God. Right, so it's vitamin D3 and K2 together with some products that I, f I know will be beneficial for you. So vitamin D3 is essential. Um, it's essential for immu your immune health. Uh, vitamin D3 and K2 are perfect together. Vitamin D3 will help you absorb calcium from the intestine and vitamin K2 will help in the transportation of that calcium. There is no good being able to pull the calcium out there and it sits in arteries and sits on your teeth as plaque and on your bones as bone spurs and on your eyes as cataracts. That's not any good to you. We need to transport it and put it back into bones and back into teeth and where it belongs. You might be getting lots and lots of calcium, but because you can't transport it, because of the lack of K2, um, it's, it's going to cause arterial pressure, just what I was talking about before, inflammation. So D3 and K2 are phenomenal. Now, each tablet in here is 2,000 international units, which you might think, well, that's, that's quite high. Um, the recommended dose is around 400 international units, but that's to avoid scurvy. You know, that's not for optimal health. So it would be great to have a baseline of your vitamin D level for a start and then work from there. But I appreciate not everybody will do that. Um, and I'm completely realistic. I know you won't. Some people will. Most people won't. Uh, 2,000 international units. You won't. Uh, this is not a toxic um, level. You'll be absolutely fine. But everybody, I believe, should be taking vitamin D3. Um, you get it from sunlight. You'll get it from various foods. But actually, when the sunlight starts to go in Scotland... Um, vitamin D3, I think it's important to research for your children as well. You do the research. I'm not telling you to do it, but please research it. Uh, I try and give Leo it. It's hard for him to get a capsule down him, but um, I try and I talk to him about the benefits and he gets it. So uh, this is an advanced blend of vitamin D3 and K2 to support immune defences, bone health and general well-being. So the D3 is derived from algae. And it's lichen, and it's the most superior form of vitamin D3 um, with the best absorption uptake. There's no point taking a, a supplement and you can't absorb it. It's formulated using VitaShine, which is the only plant-registered vitamin D3 ingredient. So it's also vegan and supported by the Vegan Society, which is really good and beneficial for anybody that's vegan here. Suitable for everyday use, obviously. The K2 works with vitamin D to support nutrients and uh, slows down bone loss. As we're getting older, our bones are becoming porous. So vitamin D3 and K2 together stop that. And then your resistance train, you, you, you train with weights and you uh, do some jumping, some, some plyometric type exercise. So your bone density is maintaining. You're not losing. But you need to be proactive and you need to do the work. I've told you about K2 and D3 together. It's also got shiitake mushrooms in it. The properties of shiitake mushrooms are amazing. They are the most powerful immune booster. They're fantastic. They have amazing anti-inflammatory properties. They're hugely high in fibre. And you may not have heard of this. It's an ORAC value. And it's a, the oxygen... You'll get tongue-tied now. The oxygen radical absorption absorbance capacity which is the total antioxidant capacity in food 
so the, the antioxidant properties of a shiitake mushroom is huge. And these shiitake mushrooms are incredible. It's a hugely good source of vitamin B5 also. MCTs, we've talked about them a lot. MCTs, medium chain triglycerides from coconuts, have amazing properties. Uh, they boost ketones, they are great for your brain, they're great for your heart, they're a good uh, saturated fat. Where possible, you'll cook with coconut oil. This is essentially MCT, is what it is. It's a condensed form of MCT, uh, of coconut oil. Aids digestion, improves cognition and brain health and gets rid of brain fog. Fights yeast and bacterial growth, which is why it's great for gut health. Um, and it increases the good cholesterol, the HDL. If you have metabolic syndrome, you have low HDL. That's one of the symptoms, low HDL, so it's not a good thing. This boosts HDL, lifts it, which is a really good thing. Also got pumpkin seeds, really rich in zinc, magnesium and K1. High in fibre and a great source of antioxidants. We put them in our shake. Nettle leaf, huge benefits including massive antioxidant property, uh, gentle cleansing, sweepy motion, helps with that. Supports blood sugar control and reduces inflammation. So all in all... It's not just K2 and D3, which you would usually get. You've got the shiitake mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms, pumpkin seeds, nettle leaf and MCTs into the bargain. It's incredible. It's 2000 IUs. It's fantastic. It's called Boot Up. So I hope that's been beneficial. It is gut health. It's a massive subject. It's very, very difficult for me to, because the topic is so vast, to take some information that I know you'll get that I know you'll be able to apply and use tomorrow, or tonight actually. I'm stripping out all the crap, I'm getting rid of all the stuff that you'll not be interested in, but all the stuff that does impact your health, uh, and, and bringing it to you nice and easy and simple. And then you'll go, okay, I'm going to research that myself, or you'll just take it and you'll go, right, believe you, trust you. I'm going to speak to your doctor, your healthcare professional, and you'll have dialogue. Isn't that great that you could talk about D3 and K2? Okay, loads of love to you. Take it easy. I hope that was useful. We'll see you soon. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the What Every Woman Wants podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all good podcast apps. Don't forget to leave us a review, and we'll catch you next time.